Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. He's the head coach of the now two-time Big Ten Women's Champions in Ohio State. Today, we're sitting down with Bill Dorncott. Sounds good. I, I like it when you say it like that. So yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> were able to repeat your the women's big 10 championships handily uh your your team won by well over 200 points to over 250 points uh i mean it was it from the very start you guys came out swinging and it seems like you 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 knew what you were doing and you had a goal in mind can can you break this championship down for us well you, you know we really didn't talk about winning a championship or repeating or, or anything like that last year was something really, really special. And that had been a long time in the process to, to really get there. And that year was, that was that year and it was a special year and, and it always will be. And so this was a new year with new challenges. And quite frankly, we felt like our challenge this year um, was COVID and the pandemic and, and being adaptable with, with all that's going on in the world. And quite frankly, I didn't know if we'd have a championship in the fall and, and, you know, I'd ask myself and our staff, is it worth it? What we're doing here. And, and the thing that kept me going or, or motivated or focused was just, we'd come to the pool or we'd go to the weight room and, and it didn't matter what we were doing. If it was hard, if it was challenging, the kids were smiling, they were laughing. It, it was the one place in the world that was normal. And, and that's why I knew that it was the right thing to, to be doing. And you know, kind of the further we got along and the closer we got, I thought, you know what, this may actually happen. And, and we made some decisions, you know, kind of in, in, in January and the lead into February to just best position ourselves to potentially be successful, you know, at big tens. And and fortunately things worked out and, and it it was a good meet. I don't think it was unbelievable. I didn't think we're great. I didn't think we're bad. I thought we're just a whole lot of good. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the team just with, with everything they've been through, you know, these past 12 months. Um, it, it's really a testament to, to those girls. I mean, obviously this was a tough year for everyone. It sounds like, you know, Ohio state was no exception. Having to work through this pandemic has been a challenge for everyone. And obviously, especially in the big 10, not being able to compete in that fall semester, you, you said that. You, the goal wasn't to repeat as champions necessarily. Did you, did you all, or do you all still have specific goals for this season as a team? I, you know, I, I think it's disingenuous sometimes when people say, you know, we want to win a championship or we want to be top five or top 10 or BNC to a champions. Cause at the end of the day, we have no control over that. The only thing we can control is, is the athletes we put in the pool. And so, you know, are they physically, mentally, emotionally, prepared to do their best when the lights are the brightest. So for us, you know, February and March are really important months. And at the end of the day, if we improve, if we got better, that's success. And, and, you know, if, if you get a ring or a trophy that goes along with it, quite frankly, that's icing on the cake. So, so I, you know, in the back of my mind, I have some things that I think maybe we can do. Um, 
but, but that really takes the focus. You know, we have a saying around here that you don't rise to the occasion, you rise to the level of your preparation. So 99% of our sport is, is preparing. And, and so we really, we embrace that. We embrace the process, the grind, whatever you want to call it. And, and we kind of let the results take care of themselves. I, I really like that saying. I, I think it is very accurate, especially in swimming. I'm not familiar with how other sports prepare necessarily, but uh, yeah, that I feel like that rings very true. And that that's interesting that, you, you know, you mentioned you have goals in the back of your head. Do you, do, does, do, do, sorry, does the Ohio state team have a method of setting goals, um, you know, individually as a team, whether that just be, you know, getting better, hitting times, whatever that looks like? I think it's, it's very organic how we approach it. So we break our team into what we call zones and we stole it from Ohio state football. Ohio state football has nine units. And, and I asked when we combined the program, we really followed a similar model. And I said, well, why do they have nine units? Well, because they have nine coaches. And so each coach is in charge of their respective unit and the athletes in that unit. And so we have five full-time coaches on the swimming side and we break our team into five, what we call zones. And so when you're a zone coach, you're responsible for really all aspects of of your student athletes, college experience. And and so we're blessed to have an unbelievable staff in COVID. It's tough because a big part of what we do is, is, is build connections with our our athletes. And and so sometimes that that's having the athletes over your house to meet your family, to have dinner, to maybe, you know, do, do some service opportunities within your zone away from school COVID. We couldn't do any of that. So everything was virtual. Everything was zoom. And, And so it really, it it presented some challenges for how you do that. So it just meant that the time we spent at the facility was so, so important. And when we meet with our kids individually, it's not just, you know, what place do you want to go? Do you want to qualify for meet? Do you want to go a certain time, break a varsity record? It's, it's, it's kind of a a holistic approach to, you know, where are you at? You know, what do you want out of the experience and not just athletically, but academically, social, personal growth, and, and how can we best support you as you, as you move through that? And, and I think in this particular year with the stresses that these kids were feeling on a daily basis, I didn't want swimming to be part of the problem. I wanted it to be part of the solution. And, you know, so we, we kind of stayed away from that a little bit in terms of times, places, points. I will say this. I mean, as a staff, we'll have a dedicated meeting in January to talk about men's relays, women's relays, what we can you know, what we believe might be, be possible. And we're usually not too far off. We actually will write them up on a dry race board, you know, in the office suite and the kids will sneak in so that they can take a peek at, you know, what the coaches are thinking. Cause we don't drive that home. You know, it's, it's, again, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a fun process. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you said you wanted to keep the focus away from times and places, but you know, I looking at how, I'm going to be frank, how dominating the women were at, at this conference championships. Um, I'd love to hear about, you know, this year in particular, the the prep that went into, into the big 10 championships about how you got these athletes ready physically, as well as mentally and emotionally, because it seems like, you know, there's not one, there's not like a few athletes that stand out. There's a lot of athletes who are all contributing and playing their, they're playing their parts. So I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, I, I read the swim slam comments, right. And, <laughs> and, uh, 
the greatest comment I, I've, I've seen about Ohio State was somebody said, I don't know any of the names of the kids on that, that women's team. And, and that to me, that makes my heart swell, right? Because I think our staff does an outstanding job of identifying, recruiting and developing kids that we believe are a good fit for our institution and our program. And, and so we're very purposeful in going out and seeking those kids. And it's not, you know, who's the tallest or fastest or has five stars next to their name. You know, there's, there's a lot that, that goes into that. I, I think the second challenge is, is this. When, when people look at Ohio State, and be clear, we're blessed. Facilities, budget, resources, I mean, it's amazing. We had the same challenges as everybody else this year. I mean, we couldn't coach our athletes from March until September. We get our athletes back. I have a couple of knuckleheads host a party, right? So we get shut down for three weeks, two weeks out of the water, and then a week return to play. We get to December. Normally, we give the kids a week off. They said, look, we've got a $60 million budget shortfall. We can't pay to have your kids here. You know, so we have to send our kids home for what turns out to be 14 to 17 days. And I'm not crying the blues. We had teams in the league that couldn't see their kids for over four weeks. And so whatever came your way, you had to deal with it. And we had the positives and the contact tracing and everything that everybody else had. And, and we talked a lot about trying to manage kind of your 20 square feet individually and as a program. And I thought we did a pretty good job of it. And, and when I look nationally and I look at football or basketball or teams that are having success, it's not talent, it, it's culture. And, and culture trumps strategy every day of the week. And, and culture really shows when the, when the chips are down. And, and quite frankly, these kids have you know been up against it with COVID and all that it's thrown at them. And so I'm, I'm again, unbelievably proud of, of our, our team and our staff for, for navigating a pretty tough time. So I don't know if I answered your question or not. Well, you know, obviously big emphasis on culture there. And if you can give me some specifics of just what the coaching staff preaches and, and maybe a few instances of, of how you saw the athletes implement um, those philosophies throughout the season. Well, you know, it, it starts at the top and that's not with me. That's with our athletic director, Gene Smith. And, and Gene keeps things pretty simple and he, he's, genuine he's transparent and i'd get on big 10 calls every week since last march the the swimming coaches would get together and that wasn't at the behest of the, the big 10 we chose as, as a conference um as, as head coach in the conference to get on and and i found myself most weeks sharing some information with my colleagues that their administration hadn't shared with them and i, I felt i felt good doing that because i think it 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 helped them but that's a credit to gene and so gene when he hires you he doesn't say, hey, we want you to win rings or trophies or championships. He really tasks us with three things. He tasks us with providing leadership to our, our programs. Second is, is creating a culture where, where great things can happen academically, athletically, and, and otherwise. And then the third is, again, that idea of, of you know, identifying, recruiting, and, and developing talent. And so when you talk about, about the messages to the kids, it, it was just kind of keep things simple, right? press pause when you want to react otherwise, you know, get your mind right, step up to the challenge, be, be adaptable to the situations. And that means our coaches have to do it. Now for, for our coaches, we get on and we've been on a staff call Monday, Wednesday, Friday for two hours for the past 12 months. And, and that was our way to keep things together. And then the information will kind of disseminate from there, from the, the respective coaches to the athletes that they're tasked with leading. And, uh, 
you know, and, and we have a group of athletes. We don't have captains per se. We have a leadership council. We call it lead like a Buckeye. And, uh, and those kids, they had ups and downs. I mean, they had some times in there where, where, you know, they were in the same spot as their peers. Like, you know, we as coached like, man, but, but at the end of the day, we had great alignment and, uh, and, and it was hard. That was, that was hard. Do, do you, does, is there one or two hard times that stick out to you and, and especially how they worked through that? Um, I, I think the contact tracing, the, you know, the, the dorms, the dorms are a tough spot to be in. These kids didn't get a quote unquote normal college experience. And, and my wife and I, we have four children. Our oldest two are in college. And, and I saw it in my own kids, you know, being isolated from your peers, having to go to, you know, one of the fun parts of college is going to class, meeting people, you know, and, and so, so that to me was, was the hardest part. And then, you know, just, our, we have a director of ops. that's really, really good. And he's tasked with, with really our messaging to our parents. And he did a great job of, of keeping that messaging consistent, keeping them well-informed. And uh, so, so we really kind of approached it, you know, as, a, as for lack of a better way of saying it, really, it, it was a family-like approach. So I, I didn't give you kind of a one example because, so I, you, you know, so I, I was, some people were critical of me in December, right? And, and I had an athlete say, you know, you did these 14 things wrong in COVID. And I said, well, if you only found 14, then you missed a lot because I made way more <laughs> mistakes than that. In a normal week, a coach makes 100 decisions. I get it right about 80% of the time. COVID, I had to make 1,000 decisions, and I was probably 50-50, right? Because <laughs> you're the person there every day, and, and, and you're, the, you're the default expert in the room, and I am not an expert. And, and uh, so, no, it was uh, – it's been a journey. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, again, just bringing it back to, to in the pool, how do you feel like the athletes were able to hand, you know, they had to handle all this. They had to, they had more decisions on their plate, just as you did as a coach. And still, it seems like they were able to get the work in and, and, and show, and the results showed that, I mean, how do you feel like your athletes moved through the season, um, effectively in the pool? Well, we, we, you know, kind of go back to that idea of of just controlling what you can control, right? We can't we can't control contact tracing or if we get paused or all of those other things. So we try to maximize each week. For instance, in the fall, we couldn't get in the water more than seven times per week because in the weight room, we couldn't get our whole team in the weight room at a time. So we prioritized. We felt like strength, conditioning, fitness were, were really important at that period of time. So we gave up two, two water workouts to pick up two strength workouts. And, and, you know, in hindsight, that was the right decision to make. When we got around finals time, we were able to add two water workouts. And then we were here for part of December, you know, we'd get up to nine swims and three lifts per week, but that's, that's a small example. Second, we looked forward and we knew that there were going to be some limitations with warm up and warm down at the actual championship. Second is, is energy, right? So when you have the stands, Filled and you have the parents in the stands and you're able to have your whole deck, a whole, whole team on deck, you have natural energy in the building. We felt like we we're going to have to create some energy that would not be there. So we broke the team down into two event groups and we just went the NC2A format. And two days a week, we would go to your day one event or day two event or day three event so that you were with the kids you knew you'd be racing with at the conference meet. And we said, you're going to have to create energy within your events. 
because as your event is coming in the pool to warm up, the first event of the day is probably leaving the facility. We had two lanes and you could only have six kids in each lane. So you're limited to 12 people at a time. So you have to be really, really creative. And, and so, you know, we have leaders for the whole team, but then you had leaders within each respective event. And so we just, we got some momentum, we built energy, we, we created some opportunities and, and kind of took advantage of the situation. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That sounds really cool. And I have to ask, you know, how did you, as you came up with that idea, you implemented it. And then as it, you know, as it was playing out, how did you see that affect just the team culture and energy as a whole, not just in those groups? Well, they, they saw, they saw that it was working and, and, you know, so, so for us really success around here is a function of two things. You got to have both of them. You got to have trust and, and then you have performance. Trust comes before performance and trust for us is built on three things, built on connection, character, and confidence. Connection's the big piece. And, and so for us, connection is just taking the time to care, listen, and connect. And when you have that connection, you know, it's easy when you're in the dorms, right? All those people have a great connection. It's easy with your roommates. It's easy with your classmates. But now we broke down even further. Now you have a connection with the 200 breaststrokers, the 400 IMers, the milers. And, and so now you're not getting up there doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the other three girls that are, are swimming the 200 breaststroke or the other five girls that are swimming the 50 freestyle. And, and at the end of the day, we believe that swimming is a team sport. And, uh, and it makes it, I just think it makes it a lot more fun that way. That sounds a lot more fun. <laughs> if I was on a swim team, I would want to do that. I'm not going to lie. Right, um, right. And okay. So, so it sounds like you guys, I mean, it, it seems like you guys have it dialed in on a conference level. Um, again, it was, it was just a, a blistering performance on your part. Looking forward to NCAAs. I mean, you guys, the, the women's team, one last year. And as you said, it was a different year. It was a special season for, for the Buckeyes, but you didn't get to see that, that second championship performance, that, that full on payoff. What are you looking for heading into NCAAs and how do you transition from getting that energy for the conference meet into, into the NCAA meet? So we're, we're 17 days out today and uh, our, our ladies have done a nice job physically, mentally, emotionally rolling into that next step of preparation. And, and in fact, we got in yesterday, we did a practice out in Minnesota before we got on our flight and we did it with the whole team. And, and I kind of framed it two ways. I said, one, we're going to start the next chapter, which is our NC2A prep. Two, we're going to put some closure on big tens because this is the last time. So yesterday morning is the last time that team will ever be together ever. I mean, you have a reunion 10% aren't going to make it. Why? Because life gets in the way. I, girls started crying. You know, they were a little bit emotional. I did, and I didn't mean to make emotional, but it was kind of a, it was a cool thing, right? It was just special. It was nothing hot and heavy. And, and then, you know, this morning, 530, we got back in and, and, and did our thing. I, I'm well aware of what the narrative is and I'm cool with it, right? We're conferencing. We're built for conference, conference success. We don't have a ton of stars. You know, you asked about goals. I thought last year our women were probably good enough to finish between eighth and twelfth in the country. We had a couple stars. You know, Molly Kowal was seated first in the in the mile. Catherine Demler was going to do some damage. Our relays were solid. Uh, we've got more depth this year. We've got better relays this year, and our diving is outstanding. If we put it together, we're going to be pretty darn good. And, and it starts and ends with relays. Relays is where it's got to happen for our women's team. 
And uh, so that's, that's where our focus is right now, you know, as a, as a coaching staff is making sure those relays are ready to go in 17 days. And I think you came out and surprised some people in those relays at the conference meet, you know, it's like, Oh, I mean, you, you guys are winning relays. And that was, that was exciting to see when, when did you guys, when did the coaching staff put together? Like, okay, it's going to, it's going to start here with this team this season. In terms of, of relays or just kind of in general? Uh, in terms of relays. Well, we, we talk about it a lot as, as coaches. And, and, you know, Brian Tansel is our director of recruiting on the women's side. And he's done a great job of finding some kids that, you know, kind of may have fallen through the cracks. And, and so we knew, and, and so I'm just going to put a plug in here. Our, our, our incoming freshman women's class, next year will be my 31st year coaching at the collegiate level. Our incoming freshmen, that is a special, special group. Um, they're going to be really, really good. So we're, we're chomping at the bit. No disrespect to the kids that are graduating this year. And, and, but it's, it's with that in mind, like, you know, double points. And, and we were purposeful on the men's side four years ago when we combined the program, relays, sprinters, and diving. And now we're starting to fill in the gaps, you know, with some of the distance events and, you know, the 400 IMers and some of the other stuff. And, and, you know, with, with the women, we, we started putting the pieces in place. We've got great depth as it, as it relates to, to relays. We've got a lot of flexibility. There's great competition in, in those groups. Um, and, and so I, I think we've got some more in the tank. I'm not just saying that because I'm supposed to say that, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody left the meet satisfied, you know, coaching or team wise. I thought we were pretty good, but I think we had some opportunities where we can get better. Yeah. Is does the prep heading into NCAAs change at all after having, having last year and kind of, you know, knowing that I think we all think NCAAs is going to happen and I think it's going to happen, but um, you know, after last year, having not just not being able to see that data point um, did that change how you're approaching NCAAs this year? No, the challenge is this, is just our, our meet is a week later than it normally is. So we change our prep a little bit. Um, so I just, you know, I, I look at yesterday and today as kind of recovering a little bit from, from the big 10 meet, especially physically, but, but I, you know, the energy and the attitudes this year, maybe attitudes, the wrong word. We're in a good spot this morning. Last year, we're dragging a little bit. There was a hangover from, from the, um, you know, from the big 10 meet, I don't see it this year, right. It's, it's pretty workmanlike approach. You know, we'll take the day off tomorrow from everything and, and just, you can call that a personal day, mental day, whatever you want to call it. And then we're really going to break our prep into three, five day segments, you know, 15 days total. And, and each five day segment will have a little bit of a different focus in terms of, of just, you know, getting kids ready in their respective, you know, groups or zones or events to, to be the best we can be at, at the NC2As. So, so obviously the the men and the women are in different groups right now because the men have a meet, the women just finished their meet. You know, when you were breaking them into their conference events um, or, you know, when you're breaking them, I guess, and just into training groups, do are the men and the women separated? And if so, does that come in a certain point in the season? Pretty rarely. Um you know, second semester, we create more opportunities to do gender specific workouts, but you get a lot of touches with a lot of different athletes and a lot of different coaches. Um, so you have the zones. So zone one is male sprinter, zone two, female sprinter, zone three is kind of your middle distance kids. 
zone four is built around the four I am. And then zone five is your, your real aerobic beasts. Um, you know, three days a week, you're going to go with a specialty kick group. So you have underwater specialists, power breaststroke, and then flutter kickers. And you've got coaches dedicated to each of those specialty kick groups. And then on, on event days, which typically are Tuesday, Thursday, you're going to go with, with, you know, there's always five or less events on any given day. You're going to go with a coach. So if it's day 200 butterfly, the hundred butterfly guys and girls are going with Matt Bow. 400 IMers are coming with me. Backstrokers are going with Mike Hume. And what it allows our coaches to do is be ultra focused and experts in just a small subject matter. And that, it, to, I, I enjoy it. It's a different paradigm. And, and I didn't kind of realize it until about four years ago. And, and um, I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. And I think the kids enjoy it. I mean, it seems like if, if it's, if you're doing going ultra specific, it's mentally, it's easier, right. To just, all right, today I'm focusing on this tomorrow. I'm focusing on that. Um, and so I, I asked that kind of as a prequel to wrap up this conversation. Obviously you've got the men's meet, uh, that yeah. starts tomorrow in Columbus. Um, did, did the, did the men have the same kind of, you know, breaking up into those event groups and, and what are you, you know, what are you expecting of them in terms of handling this meet in a format that they've never had to handle it before, given all the restrictions? We, you know, we just had a team meeting and, and the conversation was this. So we had a women's swimming Big Ten group. We had the divers men and women at another site for their championship. And then we hosted a, a three session invite for our non Big Ten kids this past Friday and Saturday. And so I just, I said, what are the lessons learned from each of those different events? And so we kind of talked about it. And then I shared a few things that, that a four and a half day, nine session meet some of the, the challenges that, that will come their way this week and, and just managing their energy. And, and, you know, I've said a couple of times, but, but when you think about energy, there's three types, there's physical, there's mental and emotional physical is the easiest to recover from mental is a little tougher. And then emotional is the challenge. And so the idea nine times, it's a prize fight, two heavyweights, and you don't need to win any one round. You just don't want to get knocked out. So, so we don't need to be outstanding. We just need to be a whole lot of good for nine sessions. And, you know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live through it. And, and that's, you know, that's really kind of what we're looking for is just, we don't need to be unbelievable. We just need to be a whole lot of good. The, uh Last question here, because I, for, I forgot this change was made. You guys switched to the four and a half day format instead of the three and a half day format. Was was were there any major tweaks that you had to do on your end as a coaching staff to pre prep the the athletes for that extra day of competition? I think just again going back to managing kind of emotional energy and and by by Saturday you know, the tank was a little bit empty and, and I want to say this in a, a, a good way. You know, we, we had a bit of a lead and, and I thought we we're a little bit flat Saturday morning, Saturday evening teams that were still duking it out for places had great Saturday morning sessions. And, and I don't, you know, I don't envy them. I light out, if I don't move enough, my light goes off every now and then. So just to ignore that in the background. Um, but, but no, it, it took a toll. It just, uh, you know, our coaches as well, you know, they're dragging a little bit today, but uh, nothing a little caffeine can't fix, right? <laughs> do, do you feel like you will be able 
you personally, will you be making an adjustment having been through that first four and a half day meet into this now the second four and a half day meet? So Coleman, I was pretty mindful and I'll never get a, get accused of, of having wisdom, but I was mindful last <laughs> week. You know, I, I coached from the stands last week because there were limitations in terms of how many people you can have on deck and, mm. and, you know, being 30 years into this, I, I understand that this, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And so it's, it's no one meet. And, and, you know, we've got women's big tens, men's big tens. Uh, you've got the NC2As, the NC2As and, and, you know, I have a responsibility to our staff, our, our coaches, our, our program to be really good each of those meets. And, and you know, so I personally got to make sure I, I'm not too high. I'm not too low. And and uh, so I feel really good. And, and I told our staff, I said, look, just you guys take care of the women this week. I am all in with the men. I told my guys, you know, before the, the you know, our team meeting today, I said, I said, look, I'm all yours this week. I'm like, oh, great. You know, like, <laughs> you sure you don't want to go back with the women? Yeah. <laughs> Um, nice. So that's, that's good insight. I love that. Well, Bill, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and chat today, especially because, uh, you know, your meet starts in 26 hours or so. Um, any parting thoughts before we sign off today? Just, you know, I want to say thank you publicly to, to what I would call the team behind the team. And, and we, as coaches sometimes get more credit than, than, you know, is deserved in this case, my, my staff did a great job, but you know, our strength coach, our athletic trainer, our AD putting the pieces in place, you know, so really, you know, it's a sense of, of humility and gratitude to, to, to look back and say, man, we actually got to compete. And that was, that was pretty cool. You've been listening to the swim swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.